Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What did you see out there? It's hard to put into words. Whatever happens, we'll deal with it together. stories about witches. Is it true what they say? Chaos is the most dangerous thing in this world. But without control, chaos will kill you. So that's all life is to you? Monsters and money? It's all it needs to be. Something out there waits for you. There's a lot of other stuff we didn't get a chance to talk about today. I didn't even have time to talk about the Fantastic Four. And there's, and there's, and there's, there's no time left to talk about mutants. And how mutants. You're listening to Geek Media Cool, your weekly podcast for all things geek pop culture. What's up, geeks? I am Mike, and this is edition number 125 of the Geek Media Core podcast, where this week we are talking all things San Diego Comic-Con 2019, and if you expected anything different, you must not use social media at all. Joining me, as always, is the man who is just going to spend the next hour complaining that we did not get a Black Panther 2 announcement. What's up, Dan? Uh, I mean, I'm going to spend the next hour talking about the anti-monitor, but, you know, to each their own. To each their own. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, guys, this week. This will probably be a longer episode, so uh, sorry if you're wanting something kind of breezy. There is so much to talk about, and I mean... I'm looking at like the list of stuff we had to talk about here, and I like didn't even break down everything. I just okay, we're just going to sum you know all the DC TV stuff into one thing, all the Marvel Phase Four stuff into one thing here. So uh, obviously, the biggest news is going. Wait, you know what? This is the second week in a row I've done this. Did you do anything worth talking about? You know, <laughs> see, watch, listen to anything before we get going? I'm sorry, man. I'm just so excited to talk about this stuff. Oh, no worries, no worries. I mean, still, still slowly making my way through the Wire season one. Um, yeah, that's a lot. It's good, but it's not something I feel like I can binge three episodes off in a run. Like I feel like I have to watch one and like really pay attention and maybe a second, but anything more than that, I'm just like my brain can't handle it. Um aside from that, you know, just still enjoying the one hundred. Again, I will say it till I'm blue in the face. This season, so excellent, so good. I Hats off to the writers because I don't know. I genuinely don't know how they do it. So you're going to make me catch up with season, the last season so I can watch this one the second that it's over. Because it's over in uh, 
A few weeks. Yeah. A few, a few weeks. weeks. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, they do it differently. They don't do the May sweeps like everyone else. So, no. which is nice. Like it's nice to have a few summer shows. Yeah. Uh, I'm still working on last kingdom on Netflix. Uh, I have just, I'm blown away that I don't hear more about this show. Uh, I, I know I set up with Vikings. I'm going to kind of repeat it with this guys. Stop crying about game of Thrones and watch last kingdom. It'll scratch that itch that you guys are looking for. Uh, the characters are just as strong. The content's just as strong. I it was actually when I did some research and realized that they're doing two books per season on that show it explains why the pacing is so damn quick where game of Thrones did one book per season <laughs> and then it did seasons without books. But anyways, these books, you know, they're still content. So the, uh, the showrunners have a uh, you know content to work with. So, Check that out if you have it. The Last Kingdom, first three seasons are on Netflix. There are only like eight episodes a season, so you can watch it really, really quick. So the big enchilada, obviously, leading up to Comic-Con was Marvel Phase 4. Um, we knew that they were going to have something here. We assumed they were going to be announcing the slate. I think what surprising to most of us was that, one, the slate is only going to be two years long. Feige has confirmed this was it. This is, there is no, this is part one of phase four. This phase four is just going to be two years long. And first me and you were texting back and forth or texting or tweeting. We were doing both. Uh, wow. Are they really putting out seven movies in, in, in like a year? Uh, Cause that's the way it looked like on the, when they first put the, uh, the empty chart up there, but it turns out that they are counting TV series. Uh, do we really call them TV series anymore when they're straight or do they call them streaming series now? Streaming. I, I, mean, I mean, they're streaming series, but at the same time, you look at how long they're going to be. It's, I mean, it really is effectively a movie, two movies. So, all right. So, I you're gonna have- like it. No, I was about to say, I didn't like it at first. Like, but at the same time, it, you can now safely say these actually matter because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't really been playing in the sandbox uh, by the surprise casting, which we'll get to. Do the Netflix series even count? Because now you can safely, like, you can debate that now. So, yeah, you've had some repeat actors in some of those. So, yeah, I think they're just kind of, it's, it sucks that, you know, we weren't going to be, I saw that uh, Netflix and Marvel are, are, are auctioning off all the props and costumes and stuff from the, uh, the Defenders. Can I buy that Daredevil suit? It would look real nice behind you. Nah. No, because someone will overpay for it. Vincent D'Onofrio will probably pay for it so he has, so he can help revive it himself. But uh, uh, yeah, so uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Defenders fans, sorry. We wanted it to matter, but it's not. But apparently these are going to matter. So um, five TV series, five movies. We're going to kind of go through uh, each one of them, give kind of our thoughts on it. I'll just say up front, when you start asking me to watch streaming series to keep up with what's going, you're starting to lose me, man. That's all I'll say because – that stuff is nice to have as like glue. But if you're going to tell me these movies are going to reference stuff that happened in these TV series or and you, you're going to be like, what, what, what's going on? That's something I'm not there for. Cause that just sounds like, okay, this thing is such a juggernaut. We can force people to pay for Disney plus. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, I'm going to pay for Disney plus. But <laughs> the value, the value is too good. Six ninety nine a month. Like come at on. first I said, it's like giving you some smack. They're going to give you that first dose for free. And then they're going to say, Oh, you're addicted. Now I'm going to jack that price up. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you. It's fine. The content, I'll never be bored again. That's It'll just cool. be me watching Thor Ragnarok like a hundred times. Oh, well, <laughs> RIP. So let's go through uh, some of these, uh, some of these, Let's you want to do the movies first? Let's see the movies first. Cause obviously that's, you know, that's, that's the big one here. May 1st, 2020 black widow. I know in the past you and I have both said it's too late for this movie. I mean, 
spoiler alert, guys, for Endgame, if you don't know, she kind of died. So um, if you're one of the, if you're the only person who didn't see the number right. one movie of all time, yeah, which they they made Avatar this week, yeah. Mm-hmm. So sorry if that ruined. <laughs> um, we both said in the past that we, when they first started mentioning that this movie was going to get made, that we both thought it's too late. They kind of told her backstory in Age of Ultron. I know that people like to kind of retcon that movie, pretend it didn't happen, but it's happening. So here we are. Um, eh, whatever. Cool. I mean, I we we've said it like it, it's happened. Like not only I mean since Iron Man two, Age of Old, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, Captain America: Civil War. She and by she I mean you know Scarlett Johansson has had a prominent role throughout all these movies. What story is there left to tell except for whatever happened in Budapest, which you can just like add that to the Hawkeye streaming series because I mean that's really the only thing I I wonder. But at the same time, like the cast is good. You got David Harbour, who is your boy, your guy uh, from Stranger Things. Uh, and, you know, he's seeming to just rack up all of these movie roles lately. Uh, Rachel Rice, who I will always love because she is the best. And, I, you know, I still love the mummy movies, the original ones, the good ones. So you have a strong cast. Taskmaster, I'm always, I'm really curious to see. And I think actually it's a perfect villain for Black Widow. But what's, I've heard that it's going to have the big, the most fight scenes in any MCU movie. That's cool. Yeah. But I mean, what's the story? Like, what is the point? And that's the biggest thing is we know that this isn't set in modern times. It's a prequel. Is the, the only point to bring Florence Pugh's character as the Black Widow replacement? Because if so, like, do I really need this movie? Hmm. I feel like this should have been one of the streaming streaming series. It should have been Black Widow and Hawkeye. That's my opinion. You know, it probably, I mean, if it were, if it weren't for this A being Scarlett Johansson and B people, fans demanding a Black Widow movie for the, like the last decade, it probably would be a streaming series. I mean, not a movie. So they really are going to have to sell that first trailer. And I know they are shooting right now. And I know that that D23 Expo is not too far down the road. I would imagine that's when you get the first trailer and it better be good because this is the this is probably to me the movie that I just I I'm not excited about because there's not I genuinely don't see a story here. I think this phase is proving that they're going to gamble on saying anything we make you guys will come see. So mm-hmm. that's that's very good because uh, next up we got the Eternals. Danny, you want to know what I know about the Eternals? Next question. What did you know about the Guardians of the Galaxy? I know, I know but you know what? A lot of people say, okay, hey, well this could be just like Guardians. Of the Galaxy. You know what? It could also be like Inhumans. You know, so watch out. The great thing that this movie has going for it is its cast. Richard Madden, uh, you know, the yeah, uh, Angelina Jolie, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, like there, Salma Hayek. I almost forgot Salma Hayek. Like, call me crazy. She wow, man, you hear where we are in 2019? Danny has forgot about Salma Hayek. Wow. All right. Well, I mean, you have Angelina Jolie, so like naturally, like one or the other. But at the same time, those four big names. You know, you have a little bit of the old guard in Hollywood, Richard Madden, who is the modern leading man, Brian Tyree Henry, who's an up-and-comer. That's a strong cast. And it's a Jack Kirby comic, and Jack Kirby does some wild, weird shit. So it'll be interesting to see what this is, because we know it's a cosmic movie. 
but that's all I can tell you is that this is cosmic Marvel. Look, I'm I'm open. I'm open to be sold on it. Like I learned my lesson with Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't. The movie was out a month before I went and saw it, and it's like my favorite MCU movie now. So yeah, you know I'm open to be sold to new things, and and I like I like adaptations of stuff I don't know about because that way I'm not comparing it to anything. So mm-hmm. hey, cool. I am supposed to be sold on it. Much more so than I'm able to be sold on Bruce Lee. I'm sorry, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, okay, neat. Isn't this the guy, the actor that they cast? Isn't this the guy that blasted Marvel for not having enough Asian actors? And now they cast him. <laughs> if that's so, I'm gonna start blasting Marvel so they'll cast me in something. If that's how it works. To me, this is the coolest thing about the about the movie. Uh, Simu Liu. You can go back through his tweets and you can see him blast Marvel for no Asian Americans. You can see him once Marvel like said, hey, we're going to make this movie, like asking Marvel for a casting call. And then apparently he got cast in the role. Like a last couple days week. before Comic-Con. Yeah. yeah. That is, he, I guess wow. he screen tested Monday and then they got, gave him the role uh, Wednesday, Thursday, negotiated. And here you are Saturday and you're introduced to the world. And now you are going to be a household name, which is absolutely nuts. So like props to him for shooting a shot. The coolest thing to me on this one is this is the real OG Mandarin, the Ten Rings Mandarin. That's cool. At least we hope. At least we hey, hope. I'd rather see him fight Iron Man, but you know we're we're past that now. Uh, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I mean, to me, I'm more interested in seeing how they pull off the Mandarin. Are they just going to say like, "Cool, he has magic rings," and just go with it, or will they do something else that ties in a little bit more to their universe? Uh, one thing I'll say about the three that are announced here, I don't know any of these directors. Kate Shortland, Chloe Zhao, I feel like I know the name Chloe Zhao, and Destin Daniel Cretton. So, again, Marvel's got no problems going with new directors, I guess. I mean, they're probably not new. I just don't recognize the names. Do you recognize no. any of those names? I mean, you talk about Destin Daniel Cretton. This will be his fifth directed movie ever, and this is by far the biggest movie he'll ever have, hmm. uh, which is – Nuts, but I mean, you look back to like Thor. Thor, who knew who Chris Hemsworth was? Who knew who Tom Hiddleston? Hiddleston? Like, I'm just saying that they become the juggernaut, but they have no problems, you know, going with unknowns. I, I so expect that. Yeah, I mean, some of these, but we were talking about this before how they got so many big actors for a movie like fucking Eternals. It's like they used they used to have to beg a name actor to get in one of these movies just to give it legitimacy, and now I assume they're having to they're actually having to screen test. A-list actors and make a choice. That's insane to me. I mean, you look at someone like, you know, you can look at it two ways. Are they taking chances on young and upcoming talent? Yes. And that's the positive spin to look at it. The other side would be, is it because established directors don't want to play in their sandbox? Because we've heard this. This is what you're going to do. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a great point. Um, Again, I mean, you look at Chloe Zhao. This is her fourth directed movie. This is insane to me. Like you wouldn't dream of this even like 10 years ago in Hollywood of handing the keys to a hundred million dollar production to someone who's got four movies under the belt and the biggest production budget is like $10 million. Like that blows my mind. It's great, but it's also like Feige really has, he, he has trust in his vision uh, to, to put all that out there and to, to gamble as he does. Director I have heard of is Scott Derrickson. He did the first Dr. Strange and he's returning for the sequel. Which here. I did not like, which we did not like. Let's we did. That's not. Sure I wouldn't say I didn't like it. I just it was one and done. It was like two hours later. I kind of forgot about it. But then you know the Russos actually made me interested in Doctor Strange yes. as a character. You know something his solo movie didn't do. So I'll say of these five movies, this is the one I'm most interested in, mostly because it is going to deal with the multiverse 
And before we started, it's, it's, they've already said that uh, it's going to have Elizabeth Olsen in it, Scarlet Witch. And before we started, Danny was saying, oh, they're going to do the back door into House of M, maybe. Okay, got my attention. So, yeah, of these five here, this is probably the one that I have the most interest in, which is crazy. Because, like I said, I, I have Doctor Strange in my bottom third of MCU movies. So You left out the biggest nugget, which I thought would hook you, is that they're going to make this horror style. And they're... I, mean, I don't buy it. That's why. Because you know what it means? World, said, it's it's going to be scary, but it's still going to have like our jokes. So it's like, so you tell me every time that the stakes start to get high, the cape's going to make a joke. No, I'm not into that. I, I will say when I look back at Dr. Strange, when I think about the visuals, when he takes his little tea trip, if you can give me scenes like that with a horror vibe, because they've said nightmare will play a big role into this. And nightmares, I mean, he, that says it all what the character is. If you can do that in a dark way, I'm really interested. Like I expect some, like I look back to that Mysterio scene where you don't know really what's going on and how far the technology has advanced. And this comes out 2021. So it could be really cool. Like visually, this could be it a trip. Be. I, and I hope it is because when you have a Scarlet Witch, and by the way, I know we've, we talked about this on the pod before too, let her off the leash and like show how powerful she actually can be. This could be a really, really fun movie. And I said that magic word, but this is probably the one I'm looking forward to by far the most Same. because of the potential. As long as they have Doctor Strange be a dick, because that's the best Doctor Strange. Yeah. And uh, it's dealing with the multiverse, you know, I mean, that, that's what we want to do. I know a lot of people got really interested in multiverse after after uh, the Spider-Man uh, uh, Spider-Verse movie. So but I mean, this is stuff that we've kind of been waiting for and been pre- saying that this, this is the only way that they can bring in mutants and Fantastic Four going forward. So. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of setup here, I think. And uh, that's what got me the most excited about it. I think doing House of M in reverse, that sounds kind of crazy. I don't know how that works, but you know what? Dude kind of knows what he's well, doing. I mean, I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, I know we're going to get to the streaming series, but when you have WandaVision, which they confirmed comes after Endgame, where Vision is dead, if you have Wanda who is trying to resurrect Vision, trying to create a family for herself, and that gets taken away at the end of this WandaVision series. And then she goes mad. And Dr. Strange is the one that is trying to like help her control her power. And then she creates a family for herself by looking through the multiverse. Like this has enough legs where they can change it just a little bit, but still be respectful of what the house of them story was, which was Wanda going crazy and looking for comfort in people. And then her just kind of making reality what she wanted to be. So That's the no more mutants. It'll just be mutants. <laughs> There'll be people like me. And, you know, I think that is, in, I mean, within the realms of what they've done in the MCU, that is inherently interesting, but it also like, Oh, like you said, it opens the door for X-Men. And I think that's something that we have to point out is that when Feige was on stage, he didn't say X-Men. He said mutants. He never uttered the words X-Men. And he's very intentional about what he says, what he does. So I think, you know, when we talk about how do the X-Men look in the MCU, well, I mean, Feige might not get to the X-Men for a while. He might bring in mutants, but there's no guarantee that we're going to see Wolverine and Cyclops and Magneto and Professor X again right off the bat, which I, again, hope they don't because give us something different. No, I've said I think that they'll let one or two characters kind of probably Charles kind of go through first and kind of set things up before you have an actual X-Men movie. But if a movie comes out and it's actually called mutants, I'm going to be stunned. You want that brand recognition. So we got new mutants coming eventually one day. Maybe. Uh, 
So how do you get Mike just like super excited and throw ice water on him? You can tell him there's going to be a Thor 4 and Taika Waititi's returning. Awesome, right? Because I love Thor Ragnarok. No, you're going to make it the worst title I've ever heard and bring back Natalie Portman, who I thought ruined those first two Thor movies, among other things. And not only that, you're going to make her Thor. Yay, guys. Not down. Not down. This is the, I mean, the logo alone tells me that this is going to be a super fucking 80s movie. I mean, the logo looks like He-Man and Masters of the Universe. It's, this is, again, in Taika, Taiki, Taika, I can't say it. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. We trust. He's earned that. Because he, 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 ter- he turned a character that we absolutely hated into, dare I say, the best. best Avenger, strongest Avenger. Strongest Avenger. <laughs> um. So, I mean, off the bat, I, I'm there because Chris Hemsworth has really settled into this role. He's really enjoying it, and you can tell when he's on screen. I like I, I liked the female Thor angle because I actually did enjoy the comic, and I, I liked the arc of it. I don't know how I feel about Natalie Portman. Aside from, like, yes, I love Natalie Portman. As a, as a kid, like, that was my crush. I can't tell you the last movie she was good in that doesn't involve the words Black Swan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know like and i think that was the complaint with her she didn't seem yeah. like she it was like it was like it was like the star wars prequels she just did not look like she wanted to be there and it's like if you don't want to be there quit doing the fucking movie well even the first i mean we look at the first two thor movies like that first one is whatever because everyone was like in the same boat the second one it really didn't seem like she wanted to be there and i think we were both surprised when she showed up again in endgame because we didn't think that that would happen like even walking the red carpet and then in the movie, I thought they, it would just be like a body double or something from behind. Yeah, apparently the steel has been closed for months. They had had this plan. Yeah, for months. I mean, that's why, that's why they had her. I mean, that's why they put her back in the movie. That's probably why she came back. So does a Natalie Portman who gives a fuck change things? And it's not only Natalie Portman who gives a fuck, but it's Natalie Portman with a, a director like Taiki Waititi. Can he get something out of her? Because I mean, really the movie's going to hinge on, her and her relationship with Hemsworth, both of which were not existent um, and Thor and Thor too. So she gets cancer and he's going to come make her Thor, right? That's how Thor. Look, I, I, I'm, how do they get there? I'm open to be sold to this. I, well, here's, I mean, here's, here's what I hope does not happen is you look at all of the promotional stuff for it after Comic-Con and it's all nothing but Valkyrie and nothing about, but Lady Thor. I just hope Thor is still the main character of a Thor movie. That's all. That's well, all. I thing, hope he doesn't though. get like pushed to the background because that's I'm not interested in that. The biggest question I have on this movie, aside from which Natalie Portman shows up, Mjolnir is not in the current MCU. They returned Mjolnir to a time before. So how does how does how does Natalie Portman become Thor? Because Stormbreaker does not have that enchantment of like whoever holds this gets the power of Thor. Time travel, Danny. Time travel. Yeah. Or maybe the multiverse is over the movie before this. I mean, keep in mind that the ser- that the TV series between these two, Loki will be out there and who knows what Loki will do. Oh, look, all I got to say is there is 28 months until this movie comes out. So I'm hoping that they storyline wise, let Thor hit the gym because uh, no more fat Thor. Sorry. Don't want to. <laughs> what, uh, speaking of the gym, Natalie Portman put out 
on her Instagram, I believe, a photo of her holding the hammer. And I think the caption says something along the line is, I want you guys to see how hard I'm going to work at training because in a few years, I want you to compare this photo with the photo of me from the movie. I remember so, a guy that did that Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, she's putting her money where her mouth is right away. So, again, if she cares, this could work because she is a te- she does have talent. Uh, I'm looking on the thing and I'm not seeing the TV shows. Where the heck are they? Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. So the, the, these do count in the phase, apparently. August 2020. This is probably the one that you're the most excited about. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It is confirmed. He will wear the captain gear. He will use this year. So you're going to get your Captain Falcon. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm excited for a number of reasons. I I love how when you look at all of the interviews that he's done since, Anthony Mackie, A, is excited. He is pumped, and rightfully so. He's Captain America. But he also, like, knows what that means. Like, he, he knows that carrying that shield, being one of the big Marvel characters, is a responsibility, and he takes it seriously. Uh, I've always enjoyed him in the little bits. I've enjoyed him in the other projects that he's done. I'm excited to see what he does in a true leading man role because this, this is his show. Um, I think he and Bucky have always had fun, uh, fun chemistry on, on screen, like civil war. One of my favorite scenes is them in the car together. Can you move your seat? No, it's just, it cracks me up every time. The thing that I'm most excited about is Daniel Brule coming back as Zemo. With Apparently the with the mask, with the fur coat, he is full on comic book Zemo. So the straight feels like a Civil War spinoff. Civil War spinoff. Uh, I mean, everyone keeps saying like, "Oh, Zemo's here." That means Thunderbolts are coming down the road. Well, they kill most of their bad guys, so don't yeah, don't hold your down. breath on that one. Calm down. Uh, but Daniel Bruhl as an actor is he's a great actor. You know, looking back at Civil War and now seeing like the movie as it is, he's very compelling. So this is interesting. This one is. I think to me, out of all four or five... Uh, this is the series, one I'm most interested in watching, yes. Not only the most interested, but this is the one that I think is going to feel the most like a movie, too. Mm-hmm. I think the others are going to feel more like TV series. Six episodes, so yeah. 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 This one's going to feel... This one will be good. I, again, I think the action will be fantastic because all of the fight scenes that these characters have been involved with are, are usually pretty good. I think we can roll through the rest of these pretty quick because uh, I don't know how much either <laughs> have WandaVision... I'll be interested to see I, if it is about her rebuilding. I mean, it says early 2021, so this is before. This will drop before, before the multiverse movie. Okay, that's the only reason I'm interested in this is because they they have said this one will set up the multiverse movie. Oh, so maybe this is where she just starts first screwing with the multiverse yeah. just to get Vision back, and then Doctor Strange is like, "Oh, okay, now slow down." And okay, I can see that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's already more compelling than what I got sold while watching or listening. I'm sorry, reading the panel because we didn't get to watch it. Yeah, I, I'm excited if this is how they're going to use these series as pre, direct prequels or directs like mini sequels. I'm cool with that. Like that, that at least makes them worthwhile. Unlike all the other series, apparently. All right, so Loki. Uh, it, it was confirmed that this will be the alternate universe timeline. Loki, the one from 2012, who grabbed the Tesseract and Endgame and disappeared through a portal. It will be that Loki, not the one that went through the growth and we actually end up falling in love with and actually caring when he died. So it's just going to be the straight up evil Loki. All right, whatever. I'm not the big I, Loki fan. Everyone else is. So this is this has got to be sold to me for sure. 
I just love Tom Hiddleston showing up at Comic-Con and demanding fans chant his name. Like, that's just, to me, the best Tom Hiddleston. I don't, I don't know what the, like, this is one of those, this is like the Black Widow thing. I don't know what the point of this is. And I'm hoping that it has some direct tie, since this is a multiverse, alt timeline, whatever, that this is dealing with fallout from Doctor Strange of some sort. Or setting up uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Man, I really don't want to say that title. It's such a bad title. Um, I hope it does something, because otherwise it's just Tom Hiddleston in his Loki costume for shits and giggles. What if is 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 something they've done in comics for a while that I always liked? It's always you know alternate universe. You know what, what if this happened? What if what if Magneto had you know killed somebody or something? They're, they're always fun. It's going to be an animated series. Apparently, there are some uh, actors who are going to come back to voice some of these characters. Uh, so you know he, you might Pretty get much everyone where where Tony Stark's still alive or something like that. Uh, they list. They had a photo of every actor. The I think there were three missing: uh, Chris Evans. Robert Downey Jr. Because let's be face, let's face it, they couldn't afford Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I forget who the third one is. Um, they have my boy Jeffrey Wright. He is the watcher in the series. He's doing a lot of the voiceover narration, so I'm excited. Even though we don't get to see him pure over the glasses, I really hope they figure that out. I, again, what's the point of what if? Is it is it these standalone stories that are fun, or is it? you know, a way for them to test ideas to see what sticks, what doesn't. Is it, is it the watcher looking out into all these multiverses and maybe oh, your boy on, Jeffrey Wright is the watcher, by the way. You I just it. said that. Yeah. I just said that. I, I, I commented profusely. I'm sorry. There was a tweet about, there's a tweet about that. That JJ Abrams is doing man of steel too. And it distracted me. I apologize. I apologize. That's, that's rightfully so. Um, I, I just I need a reason for what if. Other, I mean, if it's just going to be a fun side gags, cool. But if you're going to include it in the phase four release, something has to tie it back to the the greater cinematic universe. So, is it the multiverse angle? Is it Jeffrey Wright peering over his glasses? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would hope so. Uh, uh, Hawkeye, uh, Hawkeye. I'm just I'm done with this character. I guess I this this one. I just kind of rolled my eyes and said, "What's next?" I am excited about this. I'm excited about this for one reason because the they they showed the uh, the title opening title to the series, and it is almost directly exactly like the Matt Fraction run uh, of Hawkeye, which is Eisner Award winning. Eisner Awards are for writing and comics. Um, it's a great story because it really is a great character study, and if you are going to peel the layers back of Hawkeye and you're going to let uh newfangled rock star, uh, what's his name? Jeremy Renner. Uh, you're going to let him flex his legs a little bit. Cause Jeremy Renner is a, a very good actor. We just have never seen it in the MCU. Uh, I don't really care for Kate Bishop. I don't. And that's just because I don't know her as a character, but if you're going to let Jeremy Renner play this mentor, like I've seen some shit like, uh, you know, lethal weapon, like, I've seen some shit. I can't do this again. It could be interesting. I, I need to see more from it, but could be interesting. I think the what we keep saying here, the sentiment is that we need to be sold on some of these. Unlike usual, where we're like, yeah, take my money. All right, cool, take my money. The best thing about all this is there was no mention of Ant-Man, so I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> uh, that leads me into asking you. There a, no, there's also no mention of Avengers. There is. This is the first phase where there's no Avengers capper. 
Well, that's because we got the Eternals, and they're the team up movie that's go around, buddy. Mm. Well, there are there's a lot of cross pollination between the heroes, but yeah, there's um, it'll be interesting to see what how the phase ends because with no Avengers movie, Thor: Love and Thunder is really what pushes us forward into Phase Five. Here's the part where I get to do the I was right, and you know, this is always fun to do because I was going to ask a very simple question: Did Phase Four? Did the slate underwhelm you at all? And I can't say yes, because it's pretty much what I said I expected. I said I was treating Endgame kind of like an end, where I feel like this is the peak in everything that comes after this. You'll still have some gems in there, but taking over the world like it has kind of thing, I, f- I feel like no, it, it's not really there for me. You know, I, know, I obviously know that there is a very clear demographic that is all about this phase for me i think what i tweeted was that uh either this has completely just passed me by or uh the whole uh gatekeeping thing is just like no matter what they put out people are going to say it's quote amazing because i thought it was just whatever it's all right i was more interested in the we didn't have time to talk about speech that kevin feige gave at the end than this this complete this this whole phase four i could skip it and probably be fine I think for me, from a story perspective, Spider-Man Far From Home set it up a little bit best. What do we do when the when there are no Avengers? Uh, Kevin Feige came out afterwards and said, you know, the theme of phase four is, he didn't say new Avengers, but he said new beginnings, new heroes. Uh, you see a lot of movies from first time heroes. You see a lot of movies where mantles are being passed on, notably Black Widow and Hawkeye, but potentially we should say. So in that sense, I'm, I'm interested because it is a kind of soft reboot of the universe to see like who steps up, who's out there. I, I mean, we, let's cut to the chase. All these stories are roughly the same. Person has a destiny. Person gets a power. Person becomes a hero, uh, stumbles a little bit, overcomes the stumbles, and is a better hero. So the fourth good beats evil. Place. Good beats evil. Like these are just different reimaginations, retellings of the story. So it, it'll be interesting to see what sticks in this new, in these new phases, what, what, what gets us there. I remember my reaction to guardians of the galaxy very vividly of like, I don't know what the fuck this movie's about. I don't know why I'm seeing this movie and coming out of it and being like, Holy shit, those characters were actually really interesting. Uh, so I'm a little bit more optimistic that, more likely than not, because Marvel has shown that they know what they're doing more often than not, that some of these will be will stick and some of these movies will be really good. And I'm sure that some of them I'm going to be like, OK, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's Guardians of the Galaxy too bad for me. Yeah, I'm not I'm not there. Whatever, man. <laughs> I, I, look, I'm OK with them introducing new things. Like I said, Guardians is like one of my greatest surprises in cinema of like the last 10 years. Uh, so I'm always going to be willing to accept and try new characters and stuff. I just didn't feel like we needed that much at once. Getting some of these first timers all kind of stacked up next to each other without a, a, a Black Panther 2, without a Guardians 3, without a Spider-Man 3, hell, without a Captain Marvel 2. That surprised me too. Uh, yeah, that's that's. I think it's ballsy. And if anybody's earned it, they certainly have. And I think this is going to be their chance to prove Okay, yeah, we can make you we can make a steak out of out of out of ground beef here. So uh that's okay. Um I I'm just gonna sit back and, and, and enjoy the ride on this one because I don't have any expectations. 
I applaud Kevin Feige because it could have been, and I'm sure he must have had that thought. It could be very easy for me to just churn out roughly the same kinds of phases, the same Avengers movie, collect checks until I'm ready to retire. And to his credit, after the number one movie of all time, he decides to go and say, you know what, let's change up the formula. Let's add some TV series in here. Let's use that sandbox. Let's really dig deep into the, you know, to the treasure chest because who the fuck could tell you who Shang Chi Shang Chi was, you know, two years ago? Like nobody, nobody knew who that. I character. still can't tell you who. It is. I can't even name. I can't name any of the Eternals by character name. Me neither. So I mean, kudos to him because he knows he has to fight off that that inevitable crowd audience burnout, and he he is trying. And you know what? As long as he's willing to reinvent it, I'll I'll give him a shot. The minute it starts to become like a uh, mass factory, just like churn and churn and burn, churn and burn. That's probably when I'm for sure being like, yeah, I'm not even going to consider this anymore. We shall see. Uh, when I get into this last question here and I kind of teased it with, with my, with my last statement that uh, his, we didn't have enough time for speech as, you know, as the panel was closing down and his one more thing, a good old one more thing. We always love the good old one more thing, right? It's usually an E3 thing is the, is the one more thing, but um Said on this podcast numerous times that Mahersha Ali is a actor I have been following since he was on the 4400 on the USA Network back in like. <laughs> so this is this is, I, when I'm not bullshitting when I say this is like one of my top five actors working right now. So when he comes out on the stage, first thing I think, oh shit, Warner Brothers done fucked up. They just lost their Green Lantern. That's the first thing that I thought. But then I was like. Is he just going to, are they really going to, going to waste him in a Black Widow movie? Because apparently they were, you know, talking about Black Widow, they were giving out the Black Widow hats. They had hats, yeah. That, and, but treating him like a number one draft pick, Danny, to put the sports analogy in there. So are you going to wear a hat? Oh yeah, we'll put this hat on. Boom. And it says Blade. Immediately my attitude about this phase completely changed. And of course, this is not in the phase. Okay, I'm sorry. So the, my attitude about this panel completely changed. At the time, I thought this was going to be in the phase. But then I was like, was it a TV series or is it? Here's the thing. I love the Blade movies. The third one was kind of iffy, but I love the Blade movies. A great time. Obviously, I love Wesley Snipes. But you know what? I love the character so much that they did a TV series of this on Spike TV, if anybody even remembers this. And I enjoyed that. And they had a different actor playing Blade. So I just love the character. You asked me before this panel, Mike, it's not going to be Wesley Snipes. Give me one actor to play Blade. This is who I would have said. So obviously over the damn moon about it. And I know that you like him as an actor as well. So I'm pretty sure you have no complaints here, right? About 12 to 18 months ago, Marvel really started gassing up Blade, the character in the comics uh, to the point where he's an Avenger now, uh, which had never really been done. Really? Wow. Yeah. I didn't think, and all I thought of it was like, oh, maybe they're prepping him for like a Hulu series or a Netflix series or whatever. To, to Feige's credit, he he said it in an interview afterwards. He's like, yeah, I gave away like the Fantastic Four Guardians 3. Like everyone knows we're making those movies. Like Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2. He's like, I, that, what's, the, what's the sizzle when I announced that? But no one had, no one saw the Blade thing coming, which is remarkable that they could keep something like this even off the dirt sheets. And to grab, in my mind, probably the best actor right now going, Mahershala Ali, two-time Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali, one of the few actors who who can have Kevin Feige say, oh, yeah, no, he called us. And when he calls, you answer. Kevin Feige, most powerful man in Hollywood right now, says, 
no, no. Like he called us and we answered because yeah, he, he called and requested to be belayed. And like, oh, okay, I take my money. I was like, we'll take my money moment from Kevin Feige, right? What, what, what number do I have to write on this check again? Like, I'm excited. I don't even. I'm not like you, where I love those Blade movies or like them. I don't really care for the character. But Mahershala Ali is a great, great actor, and if you put something even slightly morally ambiguous, like the Blade character. Yeah, here's my money. You're going to give me three Blade movies and put them in Avengers? Here's my money. Just Here's just my own money. concern. Uh, those comics are very R-rated. Uh, I This is why I was kind of hoping it was a series, because it seems like with their series, they seem to be more willing to put adult content, violence. I mean, it's very, very violent. I mean, obviously, as a vampire, we're going to be dealing with a lot of blood here. Mm-hmm. I feel like this this should and could be the first R-rated Marvel MCU movie. I, mean, I really think it's they- it's whatever Mahershala Ali wants at this point, because that's how it seems. Uh, he is, he, I mean, if you want to make him the face of the franchise, you, you, you could find no better faces in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Fantastic for it. was, no, we knew it was going to be coming. Uh, I, I, I think that the whole thing with the, with being underwhelmed with, even though I knew it wasn't going to come, I think it was because I thought this phase was going to be like three or four years. Like they have been. And okay. We could say we're going to do a fantastic four or, or, I've already accepted that we ain't going to get X-Men for a while, but he did mention mutants and he did say fantastic Four. you know, he's like, you've been, you've read the rumors, you know, it's going to happen. So just hearing him say it, you know, I feel like that this getting that confirmation, obviously, but they don't mean they can't throw silver surfer or Galactus in one of these movies. I'm just saying. I mean, it's always a possibility phase five, phase six, who knows, you know what happens, but I'm fine with them not rushing it. Like, You've, they've waited so long to get these toys back. Take your time. Do it right. Don't give me a shitty Doom. Don't give me an X-Men that is so convoluted. Like, I, I would love for them to take their time. Get it right. Because if I have to see one more bad Dark Phoenix movie in my life, <laughs> I'd be so angry and upset. I can't do it anymore. Just give me a good Dark Phoenix. Give me a good Apocalypse. All right. So since I was rude and then completely missed what you were saying, the tweet was from Variant Comics which has like, you know, over 50,000 followers said that JJ uh, Abrams has reached a $500 million deal with Warner brothers, which apparently has him in line to his choice to direct either man of steel two or green lantern Corps. <gasps> when I see like, Hollywood reporter, somebody pick up on that, I might, but I, I think that JJ would be good for either one of those. Just going to put it out there. Not if, you me, if you give me, J.J. Abrams, who we have both said is probably the best universe starter when it comes to cinemat- the cinematic uh, universe, and you put him in charge of the Green Lantern universe, I would actually be excited for a Green Lantern movie. And I feel like J.J. would listen to Jeff Jones, too. He would want him as a consultant like he did with Larry Kasdan in Star Wars. So, yeah, I could can- don't want to get excited because it hasn't been like confirmed by anyone of significance. I mean, does that mean that we just pencil Chris Pine in to play Hal Jordan too? If while we're at it, sure. that, that, that's not bad. That's not a bad casting. Why not? Uh, we do have some non Marvel stuff from Comic Con to talk about. We're going to talk about that. Here's just a couple of movies. We talked last week about Top Gun, about Top Gun Maverick, and how it actually like looked quite impressive. And we opinionated that okay, it's Tom Cruise, so they're probably going to do all their own stunts, right? I, I, want, I do want to say something before we get into this. I like how everyone's quote unquote hot take about Top Gun on Twitter now is like, oh, the original was a bad movie. 
It is. Like, it's, not con- it's not controversial, guys. Like, we all know it's not a good movie. You don't need to say, like, oh, this is my hot take. It's not a good movie. Be honest with you. Yeah, we're all honest. It's it's not a great movie. It's a These guys are big time gatekeepers. So they'll, they'll 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 anything that's nostalgic to them. The people like me, they can take a step back and be like, yeah, I love it because I was a kid when I saw it. I know it's so <laughs> Goonies is not that fun. I I know that I know that fucking The Wizard is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But you know, you saw it when you were a kid and you think it was really great. A lot of those movies are just awful. So yeah, it, it might be hashtag unpopular opinion but definitely not we know, we know they're bad guys okay go on uh so we opinionated that tom cruise was in it so there was going to be no cgi these stunts were going to be like over the top incredible tom cruise did show up at comic-con and said that we did not want anybody acting in this movie that was not going to get into one of these fighter jets so while i'm not sure that he's actually flying them he is flying in them and that no cgi it says everything in this is real I, this guy is going to die on screen. <laughs> it's going to die somehow. And one of these, I, I just, I just can't believe this because if one, you watch that trailer, and it's just like, holy shit, this looks incredible. And it's actually showing the views from the cockpit and stuff with it. It's, is there a more impressive action star working today than this almost 60 year old man who gets ridiculed because he jumped on a couch once? Uh, there, there is not. I mean, he has, he literally could just be at home counting his money. He has literally zero reasons to put himself his legitimately his life on the line other than to entertain us and do it quote unquote the right way. Uh, I'm not surprised that this doesn't contain CGI because it is Tom Cruise and he he is this is a guy who trained with Navy SEALs to hold his breath underwater for one shot. This is a guy who took helicopter flying lessons for six months so he could do one stunt in a helicopter. This is, this is incredible. Like we really don't appreciate like how much he puts into getting these stunts right and doing them himself. Like he broke his ankle because he did a motorcycle stunt. No, uh, I can't think of many other leading actors who do their own stunts, let alone fly a freaking plane, learn how to fly a jet, uh, who knows what he's going to do in the next Mission Impossible? Probably go to space and breathe without a helmet on. Space. That's all. I got to wonder if this guy's just an adrenaline junkie at this point. At and this point, he has to be. I mean, thankfully for us, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that he is. But it's, it's. Just, I guess I'm starting thinking about. Okay, everybody says, "What's the Rock?" You know, I was like, but I was like, dude, even Rock uses some doubles, man. <laughs> Tom Cruise, like, get the. We don't even need to hire a stunt crew for this. I mean, that's if just, Tom Cruise does not die while filming a movie, I will be stunned. I legitimately will. Like. I fully expect him to like go to space in the next mission impossible. That is not a joke. That is not like me being sarcastic. You'll hear about your training with NASA or some shit. Yeah. Tom Uh, Cruise went and lived in space a year and like filmed himself. Like that's what I'm going back to the moon and Tom Cruise is going to be one of the astronauts. It's just going to be him studying though for a film. That's all. <laughs> we are, 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 are about nine, 10 years difference in age. So some of these things don't really overlap. Were you ever into the view askew movies? That's the Kevin Smith universe clerks and mall rats and all that stuff. You were no. never really into that. Well, they're bringing back Jay and silent Bob. I mean, you at least know who why? they are, right? Yeah. But why? That's my question. Is this <laughs> because I mean, look, this stuff was really excellent in the late nineties and early two thousands. It was, it was the right time for it. Uh, I, I've always said I feel like 
his stuff came out a little early. It came out when that before that superhero boom actually happened. Because it would have been you go back and watch it now, and there's so many references to stuff that people had no idea what he was talking about at the time, and they all get now. But I do feel like this is too little, too late. I understand he wanted to bring the character back. You know, he did Clerks two like a decade ago, and then he did a bunch of like experimental movies. Uh, no one's even like really cared. He's directed some Flash episodes, which we we, we both liked. You know, so I'm not gonna like doubt him. I just I don't know. Uh, the trailer for this new movie opens up just doing the Wayne's World two thing, where it's just it's doing the same jokes from the last movie, and it's like I I saw the last. It's one thing I hate. I do not need you to do a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, remember you liked this last time? You know, but like always, he's called in all of his favors. He's got Ben Affleck in it. He's got Matt Damon in it. You know, he's got all of his characters. Jason Lee returning. I would love for it to be fun just for like nostalgia reasons. I Like I said, I just think it's a little too little too late. And if you were never really into it, I don't think that you're ever going to be like now. It's not going to be the time where you're like, oh, yeah, Snuggins. I love Jason Lee and I love <sighs> Kevin Smith movies. So I I don't know. Jay looks way too old and silent. Bob looks like he's been on the keto diet longer than me. <laughs> you know, he actually, to be fair, he had a heart attack and it scared the shit out of me. He lost like a hundred pounds. So good for him. But it just, I mean, it doesn't look like the same character now. I I mean, a great for him. Cause I was looking at the pictures of Kevin Smith and the difference is just staggering, staggering. Like, you know, way to take care of yourself, way to actually like change your life. I like him more directing. I like him more writing. I know he's writing the Howard the Duck Hulu series uh, with Marvel. Uh, for Wait, that's Hulu, real? That's actually happening? Yeah, that's actually happening. Okay. If it's rated R as fuck, like, yeah, that could be that could be like one of those just things you put on and like have a good laugh every now and then. And about a dozen beers. He's fantastic when he gets to direct anything in the DC TV universe. I don't need to. I don't need a Jay and Silent Bob movie. Like, why? I mean, why now? Like, that's the big. That's the big answer. Is like, what's the purpose of this other than? Oh, I just wanted to do it. I'll be honest. I'd rather see him lined up to do a DCEU movie. Honestly, I really would. He's talked so long about like his love of DC. I'm I'm stunned that he's never like gotten the keys to a franchise. I just can't believe in this boom that that guy has never gotten a. No one has tried to give him a superhero movie. That blows my mind. That blows my mind. I, I would actually love to see him direct the movie Flash. I know that they have one, uh, a Booster Gold. I think he'd actually do really great things with Booster Gold. Yeah. Oh, I think maybe he just wanted to make like R rated, and they're like, no, 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 no. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe Swamp Thing. I think he'd fucking kill Swamp Thing movie. I think he'd fucking destroy it. Yeah. Or you know, Again, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is just a great character. Like somebody give Swamp Thing a chance, please. Just like let it happen. Do Hellblazer, Constantine, and bring in Swamp Thing. I don't even need to see a trailer. <laughs> I will pay to see it. Okay. Stuff. And there's a lot. There's a lot of TV stuff, man. Um, and I know that there's a lot that Danny's going to talk about here that I don't watch, and I'm going to talk about a lot here that Danny probably don't watch. But that's okay because I feel like there are things that should be talked about. I said the thing I was most wanting to see at Comic-Con was Expanse Season 4 stuff and the first trailer for The Witcher, and I got both. The Witcher trailer completely knocked my socks off. It was – I had guarded – I did not – yes, I'm extremely happy. I mean, I just read the first book uh, leading up to this. Uh, I was very vocal about how I went – all it took – was a picture of Henry Cavill as Geralt, that still that we got a couple weeks ago. And my attitude went from this is going to be a train wreck to cautious optimism. After this trailer, it's it my it's it's all it's 
start the hype machine because I am hyped as fuck because this looks excellent and I cannot. He is jacked, dude. Where <laughs> he's like got the the, the bandage. I was like, oh my god, he's even bigger than when he played Superman. But he looks the part. Everything looks like the world that I was reading. I know a lot of people about the games are going to be upset. It's not doing the games. It's doing the books, but I think that there's enough. If you're interested in the games, there's enough there that you will like to see. Someone like you that has neither played the games or read the books, what did you think about the trailer? The production value is there. I mean, obviously, uh, actors and actresses are there. Um, visually, it's impressive. The thing I like the most of what you just alluded to is that the the showrunner afterwards said, yeah, we're not doing the games. Like, I've got five, six years in my head of like storylines mapped out based on the books, which is fantastic because it's, as we just saw with Game of Thrones, if you don't know where you're going, how do you tell the story? Um, so the fact that they actually have these ideas and if there's an audience there that they'll be able to tell it is great. Um, you know, no disrespect to the games, but you can't really when it comes to books or games, the books are going to have more there to mind. The books are going to have a lot more meat on the bone. So it's great to see that that's their plan firmly from the get go. And, you know, hopefully it pans out for them because they, the trailer looks great. I'm I'm really surprised by it. It actually could be a very good adaptation. And I did not think that a month ago. Here's the thing I said before I did this video about like the 10 or 11 fantasy series that are being adapted and which ones I think have the best chance of success. And this was my top one. I thought had the most chance at success because recognizable name, current most popular streaming service. And it's got a built-in fan base from the games and the books. It's a huge community. The source materials there. Yeah. The trailer has been out for three days. It's already over 14 million views. That's insane for a TV series. So not bad. Not bad. Yeah. The excitement's there. All they got to do now is be good. Deliver. It yeah. just has to be good now. And you've got you've got a fan base built in, ready to go. So, yeah, I'm excited. I cannot believe how good that trailer looked. I was just – my nipples got hard, man. I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> and Jennifer looks much better than I expected. I said that my big, one of my big drawbacks was I thought that she looked like she was way too young from her cast photo. She looks great. She looks great. So, uh, yeah, man. This is, this could be so good. December can't get here fast enough. That's not confirmed. It is confirmed for this year, but what I keep hearing is December the 20th. And this is from someone who hasn't been wrong up to this point. Uh, now you were excited about that. Were you excited about the expanse season four? Is it still your expanse? Yeah, man. And here's the thing we got our, it was just a tease, like a one minute teaser, but they also showed released like a five minute clip from the first episode. That's going to be on season four. No dialogue. It's just music and visuals and the production value has definitely got that Jeff Bezos money behind it because the show looked great already. It looks even better. The music is fantastic. The acting is top notch. Yeah, I'm. You, you don't even know how excited I am about this. December the 13th, I believe they're going to do what Netflix does and are going to drop the entire season at once. I was like, wow, that's a long time still to wait. But if they're releasing the whole season like that, hell yes, hell yes. And I know there are lots of shows I bug you to watch. I'm going to bang on you till you watch this one. This is the one. This is the next one I'm going to focus on. Even though I know you don't have Prime, I'll let you borrow my Prime password. <laughs> so the 13th is the Expanse. The 20th is The Witcher. I guess I'm not talking to Mike until like after the New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Holidays might need a little break. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think for sure those will be two shows that I really burn through really, really, really quick because it's, it'll be basically be over a year and a half. And also, it's a serious season we never thought we were going to get. You know, it was a show that was canceled and, and, and brought back somewhere else. So it's like I said um, when Stephen King put out Dream Dream Watcher or Dreamcatcher, right? It was the first book he put out after he survived his near fatal accident. It could have been anything, and I was going to read it because I was just excited because I never thought I was going to get that. I never thought I was going to get this season four. So um, super excited. I'm super excited to read the books because I, I said that, that usually I'll read the books before I watch an adaptation, you know, so I can, you know, judge it. <laughs> Not really, but, you know, see if I can put it. I don't want the, I don't want a movie or a TV show putting something in my mind's eye before I read it. I want to do that for myself and see how it stands mm-hmm. up. But with this, I was like, the twists and turns are just so good on this. I feel like the books are ruining it for me. So uh, I said, when it, that's, that season does that book, I will read it. And so I'll get to read two books after this December. So heck yeah. Um, you got to watch it, Danny. got to watch it. Got to watch it. You know, I've never seen you this excited about anything. Uh, it's, it's pretty high up. I, we weren't doing this, obviously, then. But besides Game of Thrones, that was probably the one I was most hyped for was when Game of Thrones was first coming out. And I was begging everyone and their mother to watch it so I would get a season two. Uh, funny thing is, is like in hindsight now, I was trying to get everyone to watch Game of Thrones just because I wanted them to get to at least season three so I could see the Red Wedding. <laughs> that was <laughs> when the show first started, just so I could see the pain and misery. Uh, a show that actually really, really surprised me from Comic-Con is the Star Trek spinoff for Picard. Now, Star Trek Picard. Par- Picard is a character, obviously, that I love. I adore the actor. I think every- I don't think anyone ever says anything bad about Patrick Stewart. When I heard about this, I was kind of like, Patrick Stewart. You what? Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. He, he did not Put some respect on his name. Put some respect on his name. To not be called Sir, to be called Mr. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was doing the Dr. Evil thing there. Uh, I, I don't know what I expected with this. I was like, I don't, I mean, we got Han Solo and I was like, I didn't really get a good time of watching old Han Solo. Am I going to really have a good time watching old Picard? I mean, you saw him in, in Logan. He's pretty old. And I was like, it kind of hurt my heart. And then I started thinking, was he really that old or was he just acting that old in, in, in Logan? Dude, he looks awesome in this trailer. This trailer looks really, really good. And I think for anyone like me that was a Star Trek Next Generation junkie, this feels like the true spinoff, sequel spinoff to that because we've got him. We've got returning characters from other shows. you got Seven and Nine from Star Trek Voyager on there. At the end, you get to see Brent Spiner back as Data, who died at the end of Star Trek Nemesis. 20-year-old spoiler alert. Uh, but, you know, he's an android, so we can, we can, we can find ways around that. Uh, but apparently Riker is going to be on this. That's um, what's his name? Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes is actually going to come back from the studio. So this feels like the actual sequel series to the next generation. So yeah, while I like discovery, this looks like this is going to be my shit right here. So man, I, I, I'm, I'm hyped. And even you said you thought the trailer looked good. And I don't think you even watched Star Trek next generation. Did you? No, no. I mean, first of all, you said discovery and let's, let's, let's keep everyone grounded here. Everyone likes discovery. I have not seen a person say, oh, Discovery sucks or Discovery's not working. Hard, but even they hated they even hated Next Generation when it came out. Don't yeah. worry. But at the same time, I saw this trailer. I didn't know what to expect because I'm not I'm still very nation in, in my Trekkie fandom. It looked really good. The like the production quality is there, the acting is there. I know enough to know that Jerry Ryan being back is like a big deal. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, but I don't think anybody thought that she would be. Like no, in this, um, 
I mean, again, to get an actor like Sir Patrick Stewart to do a streaming series, like let's, he is Sir Patrick Stewart. He is doing a streaming series. It's A, because he loves the character, B, because he respects the fandom, and C, there must be a good story to tell because everything everything looks great. Uh, I have a friend, She I recently discovered she's a big Trekkie, and I showed her this because she didn't know they had released it. Like, she lost her fucking mind. Like, she is like, holy sh... Like, she just kept saying holy shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, this is a big deal. It looks like they executed it really well. And again, people are excited for Star Trek. Who knew? Who knew we'd live in a world where Star Trek was getting that much traction and, like, you have to convince people, like, hey, Star Wars, like... And due to the positive reaction for it, they're talking about that they're gauging interest in, like, two or three other Star Trek shows. I'm like... Just go an entire shared Star Trek universe on, on CBS All Access. Yeah. It's, it's strong enough to carry that streaming service. So it is carrying the streaming service. Don't put out trash, but you know, if you can get four or five really good series working together, you can bring back you can share these characters with other other series because they're all taking place at the same time or something. Maybe bring back some of the Deep Space Nine characters or something. I mean, that's it's there's so much that they could do with this, man. I I'm I was just excited that Discovery Season 2 was so good, but this is on a different level. I mean, Picard is one step below Captain Kirk for me. I mean, this is this is Star Trek, so heck yeah. Heck yeah. When you got casuals who know nothing about it, saying, yeah, that actually looks pretty good. You know, you know they got special. That's me. Yeah. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. <laughs> we'll get you there. So we'll get you there. Uh, HBO, uh, they were there for uh, – Game of Thrones, and apparently, from what I heard, that panel did not go over well because it was just a bunch of. They got all def- they got all defensive. I'm surprised at the reaction uh, comments, is from what I heard, it was a very awkward panel. First of all, first of all, the actor playing Vars. Let's just get something straight. There is footage of you, sir, throwing your hands in frustration at the death scene as you're reading it on the table. Don't act like you're okay with how the story. That's bullshit, sir. You know it. You're a damn liar. No, no, he wasn't happy. A lot of these people, a lot of these people putting on a good face because they want to work again. You know, HBO likes to recycle a lot of their actors. Well, who wasn't there? Series. Dan Dave weren't there. Dan Dave were not there. That's correct. You uh, know who called them out? For, um, uh, Ruby, whatever, for, for Batwoman. I thought that was kind of weird, but I don't know. You know who called them out, though? Seth Rogen called them out for not being there at the Preacher panel. Yeah, take your lumps, man. Take, that's what he said. He's like, take your lumps. Got to take them. Ah, seems like some people are scared, but they were there showing some other stuff too. We got a couple of them here we're going to talk about. First, His Dark Materials, we talked about before. Wonderful cast. I'll watch anything with James McAvoy. Uh, I told Danny before that, hey, yeah, there's a big giant polar bear that wears armor. And he was like, what? Well, this trailer actually showed that. And it looks really, really cool. So I think besides Witcher, this is one of those ones I did on that, that, that video also. This one has a very big chance to succeed because, again, beloved series, big name actors, on the premium channel that people trust the most. Uh, I think that there's people who are going to watch anything on HBO at least once. Look at Chernobyl. Even though people were mad at Game of Thrones, they still watch Chernobyl. And that's going to... that's <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> so are you back to like, you're not even going to try it now because you don't want to give HBO any credit? I love James McAvoy. I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. I, I'm willing to try. I will say the polar bear just reminded me of loss and how we have to go back. So oh, nice, nice. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a try. I'll, I'll get over my HBO hate eventually, but right now it's still too fresh. Still too fresh. Mm, okay. Uh, I'm hoping it's really good. And then I decided to read it. Uh, 
Tell you one I won't be watching. And that is who watches The Watchmen? Not Mike, because Mike has no interest in a HBO universe of Watchmen where it's modernized and it's... I won't lie to you. I did not even watch this trailer. I know I sent it to you to watch. I didn't even watch this trailer because you know I've been very vocal about the... uh, I don't even know what you call them, the Snyderites, the people who were released the Snyder Cut, the the, the cult. I do first not think first all, ever do watch all, better than, than, than what Zack Snyder did with that director's cut. I think it's the biggest waste of money is whoever paid for that stupid ass plane to fly over San Diego Comic Con that says release the Snyder Cut. Let it go, folks. It's never happening. It never will as long as he keeps releasing stuff. Like every day, it seems like there's something new that he releases that was supposed to be like today. It was about that Wonder Woman was supposed to be the one that killed Steppenwolf, and that he he's just going to keep on pushing that beehive until it eventually happens. I don't think it will. I feel like they would have done it. It never happened. Never happened. Anyhow, I feel like a non-Zack Snyder version of Watchmen is nothing I'm interested in. I feel like he did the source material justice. I don't need to see anymore. I don't need to see... I don't even know what the phrase that I'm looking for here. Political commentary in, in, a, in, a, in a series that, that I absolutely adore. It's like my favorite comic of all time. This and Preacher or my favorite comic of all time. I don't, I don't know. It feels like a bastardization. I, I already. I don't even talk about preacher. I didn't even watch. <laughs> I didn't watch season three. I watched a trailer for season four. And I'm like, yeah, this doesn't even look like what I read. So that's that's different. The part. only thing I would say about the Watchmen is, once upon a time, the Watchmen felt like something special and revered. The graphic novel is like to a lot of people, it's like the holy grail of it's the comics. For comics. Them. Yeah, yeah, and. The movie, for the most, I mean, movie was very faithful. Some people didn't like it. Some people loved it. Whatever. And then, like DC got the rights for it, and DC started folding in the Watchmen universe into their comics. And then you have this TV series, and it's just like it doesn't, it doesn't have that feel, that like mythical, big time feel to it. It just kind of feels like, yeah, this is Watchmen. Give us your money. About the only chance I would have to even watch this is if Alan Moore said, this is really good. You should watch it. And you already know that ain't going to happen because Alan Moore has always said his stuff should not be adapted. So Alan Moore has never said a good thing about anything. <laughs> true. true. So I'm saying that's the chance of me watching. Um, oh, fucking Alan Moore. Is there, is, there any, is, there, is there any like grouchier old man than Alan Moore? I just don't know. <laughs> No comment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so what happened to the American Dream? Uh, it went to HBO and they ruined it. All right. Here's the stuff that Danny's going to be right in his wheelhouse. We're going to start talking about the DC TV stuff. And there was a ton of stuff. I did, I saw when I was sending you stuff, there was like six trailers for, for CW TV stuff here. But the big one, you even said this to me, where you said last week, anything can happen in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, yeah, apparently Brandon Ruth is going to return as Superman. Yeah, uh, kind of. I guess he's going to be one of the Earth versions of of uh, Superman. I don't. You know more than this. He will play the Kingdom Come version of. Superman. Oh no! Shit! Oh, that's why he had the black and the. Oh, okay. Oh, that's why he, when he opened up his Superman shirt on stage. It's got the black. God, you're gonna make me watch this shit. Jeez, that's that's awesome. But if that wasn't enough for you, knowing that Brandon Ruth is going to don the tights and. Uh, Tyler Hovekluden is going to also return as the modern Superman. Wait, wait. So is he still the Adam also? Yeah, he'll play Adam too. The, the, their multiverse thing is just going to be ripped apart um, because they they revealed about Arrow season eight. It is essentially Oliver and the Monitor traveling to different times and different universes to prepare for Crisis on Infinite Earths. 
they don't allow Arrow season eight. They'll they'll be able to do the flashback thing, and like they've announced that uh, the actor who played Tommy is coming back. They that some of the early season one, season two actors will be returning for an episode or two here and there. Uh, so that'll be cool. Uh, but yeah, and because they're back, everything is on the table for Crisis, including. Batman 66, Burt Ward showing up in Crisis on Infinite Earth. Just fucking blow your mind. The Batman 66, they will have Batman 66 as part of this. I hope he's not you wearing tights. Probably not. <laughs> you, know they, you know that they talked to the Smallville guys because uh, Stephen Amella shot pictures of like meeting with Tom Welling and, and Michael Rosenbaum. Dean Cain and, and all of them have appeared on the show before. Anything that they have done on DC, especially when it comes to the TV universe, on the table. And apparently there's a lot more shit that they just haven't revealed or announced. Um, One thing they did announce. If Michael Rosebaum shows up as Lex, I will watch it with bated breath. (laughs) That's hashtag my Lex right there. That's him. So there are two things that they released afterwards. One is uh, the anti-monitor. They did the, the concept art for him and, it, it looks stunning. I thought it was a. Mo- I thought they they did a reinterpretation. It's actually a straight from the new Fifty Two. That is exactly how the Anti Monitor looks now. And the other thing is that they released uh, John Diggle's costume for season eight. John Diggle's costume is essentially just black leather and a helmet, and it's usually been accented by red. It's always been accented by red. This time, it's accented in green. You I would not produce. I want you to shut up. <laughs> you would not produce a new costume for ten episodes and make it a different color if you weren't going to do it. And if they were ever going to give you John Stewart, Green Lantern, who they've confirmed exists in another multiverse, they've confirmed that John Diggle's stepfather on the Earth Prime is his last name is Stewart. If you're ever going to do it. This is the time, Crisis on Infinite Earths, when you have him in a black and green costume, give him the ring, give him the ring, make it happen. Because this shit's like everything is on the table. We got to get our. All I think about is Green Lantern. And I don't know if it's more because of that animated series that we both like, but Anti Monitor on that was awesome, you know? So I. Man. You know, John, the actor, David Ramsey, uh, who plays John Diggle, He's going to be looking for work. And if you wanted to backdoor pilot a Green Lantern series, no. again, it's right there. It's right there for they you. Don't make a movie, they might as damn well use this character, man. I, you know, that yes, they revealed a lot of stuff for, you know, the other series. Like I said, Arrow is uh, essentially a space and time buddy, buddy cop film. Uh, the Flash is, I guess they're splitting The Flash into essentially two seasons. They'll have a villain in the first half and a villain in the second half. Supergirl actually looks probably the best out of the bunch because they did not era Legends of Tomorrow trailer because that comes back mid-season. So, yeah, I mean, it's they really are swinging for the fences on Crisis. That's the, the big takeaway is uh, if you're thinking it, they're, they probably have already talked it and are making it happen uh, because Brandon Routh as uh, returning as Superman, that's something that fans have wanted for a while, even a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and – uh, they're going to give them kingdom come. I approve CGI Adam West. There, I said it. If I get an old chat or or, or any reference or, or nod to Adam West, I, I will be very, very happy. 
All right, so let's talk about some of the other DC TV shows. I know we got trailers for Flash. We got trailers for Supergirl. They changed her costume to look a lot like the Man of Steel costume, too. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, one more. Did they? Did, I guess Batwoman. Dead. Batwoman. They aired the pilot episode for Batwoman for people that were there. So of all these trailers, I know you watched them all. So mm-hmm. takeaways. Uh, Arrow, Arrow hits you in the feels just because you, you've seen the eight-year journey with uh, Stephen Amell, and you can tell. I mean, he was crying on stage at the end of it because that's the last time he'll ever be at uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, as far as Arrow is concerned. So the trailer there is definitely, you feel like, oh, yeah, no, like the, he was a dude on an island with a shitty bow and arrow, and to see where it's come now is something else. Uh, like I said, I think the Supergirl trailer is actually the most interesting um, if the biggest thing is if they can find a compelling villain for her, it's great. Like the hardest part of a Superman Supergirl series is finding someone who can threaten them physically. And, you know, rightfully so, because without Kryptonite, what else do you got? Um, but yeah, no, they, they all look interesting. I think I'll, I think I'm least excited for the flash because I don't really care about the villain and I don't remember who the villain is, which is not a good sign. Hmm. Um, but I'm more, I'm, I'm essentially like, cool, you're like a face, you're like holding the place of Eobarthon because we all know Eobarthon's coming back at some point. I thought you have a lot more to say. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember that, you know, we're, we've already been going about a good 60 and, you know, I could go on and on about this. I mean, really the whole thing, point of the CW DC TV series for at least the first half of the, the fall season, it's all about crisis and the road to crisis. Everything is going to be built towards crisis and um, I, I'm just excited to see what else they announce. I, I know they announced a few hours ago, Lois Lane will return uh, for Crisis on Infinite Earth. Again, they they just keep telling you. What? Is it Erica Durant from Smallville? No, that's who they had last year. So, oh, but Erica, but here's the thing, Erica Durant is, it's very possible. Like she, she's out there and it could happen. You don't know. Everything is on the table. Everything, Mike, everything. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if they got like Kevin Conroy involved in this somehow. I really wouldn't. All right. Well, yeah, that's that's all. That's, I have been saying I'm not going to watch. You know, I'll say this about Arrow Season 8 is that I hope that Stephen Amell gets on something else. You know, I hope he doesn't do like Tom Welling did where he just kind of disappears after a show ends. I feel like he's a good enough actor that he should be able to get some other kind of gig somewhere. You know, I don't care if it's a streaming series or something. I just hope he, hope he ends up doing something. I hope he doesn't just kind of fade away into obscurity after this. I think it depends on what he wants yeah, to do. I mean, I mean, if you follow him on Facebook or something like that or Twitter, he's, he's just a good dude. So I, I want to see him succeed and I feel bad about that turtles movie he was in, but you know, whatever. I think it depends on what he wants to do. I mean, you can very easily be, typecast of like hey you're the you're the an action guy you're going to be that guy and all these things uh i know part of the reasons he's happy that the series is ending is he wants to go back to la his daughter's about four he wants to like spend some time with her and be you know the pta dad and stuff like that so anything shooting in la I, i imagine he'll only do movies at this point uh for a while and hopefully like you said he gets some roles but um yeah, no, this is definitely uh, – he's definitely grown as an actor, and there's no bigger way to see that than going back and seeing Arrow season one, and you're like, why did they cast this guy? And then 
you jump forward to season seven, you're like, oh yeah, no, this dude, this dude grew. He he grew a lot. Oh, I need Deathstroke to show up too. All right, there. I always need Manu Bennett to show up. I always need Manu Bennett to show up. Uh, I guess the last thing that I got here, and this is going to be one of those uh, '80s things, you know. So I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you never watched the Dark Crystal, right? I don't know what the Dark Crystal is. Dark Crystal was a Jim Henson movie. He was obviously know who Jim Henson is. He made Muppets famous. Uh, he's the one who basically behind the Muppet Show. Uh, he you know was the one who made Yoda. Uh, he made Fraggle Rock. A lot of the Muppet characters that you know, uh, I was a big fan of Farscape. Like I said, the Farscape was done by his kid. and But it was very much like a tribute to Jim Henson after he passed away. But The Dark Crystal is a movie came out in 1982. It was 100% Muppets. I mean, that's not a puppet. That's a you know animatronics, mechanical puppet. Uh, so I watched the movie. It's on... <laughs> What's the, what's the difference between a Muppet and a puppet? I, I really got to know by this. Hand, a Muppet okay. by machinery. Okay. Mechanical. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. When I heard that they were going to be doing a series on Netflix, I was like, it's just going to be CGI garbage. I don't want to watch that. We watched The Dark Crystal because of the charm of it being, you know, mechanical animated puppets. That, that was what was exciting. Really, really cool. The visuals, that's what made it what it was. But then the trailer came out for it, and it looks absolutely amazing. It's very much, like I said, a tribute to Jim Henson, where it's that fine line where you can't tell what's a puppet and what's not. So they're all of the same things from the original movie are going to be Muppets, and it's going to be assisted by you know computer animation and stuff like that, which I think is definitely the way to go. But I watched the original movie with Brendan last night, my son, to gauge his interest in watching this with me. And obviously, he liked it quite a bit. And then I showed him the trailer for this. And clearly, it looks much better than a movie in 1982 did. And he was just like, this looks amazing. Can we watch it right now? I'm like, well, it doesn't come out until August 30th. But the rumor is they they, they, aired, they aired the first couple episodes for the audience at Comic-Con. And just everyone is over the moon about how amazing that this is. So, yeah, uh, you're going to have me getting there in the feels a little bit. Because this was something that was very cool. I saw this when I was four years old. Last night was the first time I watched it since I was about his age. So that was really, really cool to see it, you know, connect with, with, with my kids. Stuff like that. So definitely, there's definitely some, uh, some member berries here, you know, there's, a, there's some emotion attached. Uh, but unlike something like Top Gun, I go back and I watch our curse and I was like, that's still enjoyable. It's not trash, you know? So <laughs> so guys, check out the trailer. If you have, it. it's called uh, the dark crystal age of resistance. It takes place before the movie. Is about the war that led up to, you know, I don't want to get too heavy into the lore, but a lot of the characters getting killed that were dead at the beginning uh, of the Dark Crystal movie. It just looks really cool. It's got Taron Edgerton involved. It's got Mark Hamill involved doing voices. It just looks really amazing. And I, I just, I admire that they're not taking the easy way because it can very easily take the easy way out and say, oh, yeah, we're just going to replace that with CGI or children in costumes or something like that. And they're not, they're actually going for it. And they had a, uh, uh, like a behind the scenes video that they showed at Comic-Con about them showing that it has a lot of the people from the same movie working on this. So there's a lot of love and care going into it. Very, very cool stuff. I, I know if you're one of those who are just like, oh, I just can't take a puppet seriously. Then yeah, it's probably <laughs> not going to be for you. If you're someone like me who loved Farscape, which by the way, was guardians of the galaxy before guardians of the galaxy. And it had a it had a Muppet in the main cast. And after a couple of episodes, you didn't even consider that that thing wasn't a living, breathing creature. You know that this can be done right. And I feel like Jim Henson would be very, very proud. And I'm, 
I'm excited, man. It's the most excited I've been for something that's very PG rated in a long time. So I know it's no Coco, but you know, <laughs> it's like the Coco for me. <laughs> I mean, I'll check it out because just at least two of my favorite two of my favorite episodes of, of TV are uh, Shiny Happy People from Angel, which is the puppet episode where they turn David Boreanaz into a scowly uh, puppet for an entire episode, which is fantastic. And Legends of Tomorrow also did a puppet episode last season, which is par for the course because it's batshit crazy, but that's what that's how Legends operates. But having puppet villains is like the best fucking thing I've ever seen. Like it's it, it's a, always works on me, never fails. I love the juxtaposition. It, it's fantastic. Watch the trailer, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. It's magnificent looking. Uh, I don't really have anything else except I do want to just real fast, guys. He said it on this podcast like a year ago when the casting was announced. Tom Hanks is going to win an Oscar for playing mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers. Did you watch the trailer for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Because I- Already in the fields, baby. Already. I mean, I did, and like everyone on Twitter is just posting that with like the crying emoji, and it's like, yeah, like this is the definition of Oscar bait is taking a level eight actor, Tom Hanks, make him play a biopic character, in this case, Mister Rogers, and then just like go after your heart, just like go after your like relentlessly go after your heart. Give it to him now. In the trailer, when the kids like gives attention just to sing the song to him, I was just like, "Oh my god, man, this is going to be a tear jerk." It's not going to be a tear jerk. It's just going to be a, a, a you just bring a box of tissues with you because it's just going to be something else. I think. Give him the Oscar now. This is pointless. This is fucking pointless. Oh man, yeah. So I just I don't see how it couldn't. If it's a if it's even just a competent movie, there's no it way. Doesn't even have to be good. I mean, look at look at Rami Malek, like. People were divided on that movie, but everyone was like, "Yeah, but Rami Malek was Freddie Mercury reincarnated." They could be the same. It's gonna be. It could be the same way this time. Doesn't you know, matter. Need to add to that: if Rami Malek got an Oscar for that, and Taron Egerton doesn't get one for playing Elton John, it's a robbery because not only do I think that he played the character better, he actually sang and he actually danced in that movie. So thanks. You got to steal that away from him, though. We got to take it on the little trolley. Will it be the same? Take it on. You're gonna take it on the little trolley. What'd you say? We'll see. I don't know. Would that be at the same? Would that be at the same show? It might be. It depends on when the Mister Rogers movie gets released. I just say, if Egerton doesn't at least get a nomination, it's it's. it's, I don't get a nomination. But you know the. Well, maybe. Maybe I don't know. So, you know, there was a lot to talk about. There's some things that we kind of skipped over because we were just going a little long. Obviously, Marvel was going to be the biggest one we were going to talk about on this show. Uh, so, you know, don't be afraid to let us guys know what you think. Just about everybody except me was super hyped to the moon on Twitter. You know, like I said, everything that the MCU does. I mean, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is – you never get a reasonable reaction from Twitter. Twitter is going to be the instantaneous, oh, I don't like this. Or, oh, oh this isn't what I expected. Oh, I love this. Like, you're never going to be like, that's interesting, or I, I like it, but I'm worried about this. Like, you're never going to get that take on Twitter, especially as people are like hitting refresh because for whatever stupid reason, they don't just live stream these fucking panels. Like, come on, guys, it's 2019. I think you they would special for the people who actually sit in line for five days. I, I get that. Don't put the trailers on, you know, don't let us see the trailers, but you should at least let us see the panels, I think. You can let us see the panels if you want to cut away for the trailer or just have us like see the reaction and hear the crowd. That's fine. But 
you know someone's going to release some stupid grainy footage um, of their cell phone. You know people are hitting refresh. Just like do it. Like just do it. All right. So, so, so uh, this is definitely a and then like you know give smiles and poses for the camera like he just was selected number one overall. <laughs> Which if you were selecting actors and actresses, like you probably would select Mahershala. Like you'd have to think about this. But Mahershala would be a top ten pick. Uh, for me, it'd be him, McAvoy, Fassbender, Tom McAvoy. Hart. McAvoy, given his range, McAvoy might be that number one pick too. I'm doing my top five here, and I just did four. I just reeled off four like it was. It's like a conversation for another time. Idris Elba would be in your top five. <laughs> okay. Uh, talk, say, talk to me after Dune because uh, uh, I might have some the, new favorites. The Sean Hobbs trailers, now they're focusing on his character. He just really plays a smarmy bad guy really well. I, I'm, Idris Elba. Oh. The Hobbs. I kind of like, yeah, I kind of like, I kind of like the cockiness on him. I'm like, yeah, this works. He's Black Superman, bro. He said, yeah. apparently the line originally was going to be on the black James Bond and he like nixed it. <laughs> That's so I, meta. I hate that. I, I hate that. I really, I can't wait to see that movie. I really do. Oh, I've never seen, I've never seen any of the other fast and furious movies, but I will go watch that. I, I hate myself while I'm watching those movies. and I'm having as much fun as I am, but what are you going to do? You're going to take my two favorite characters from that and give them their own movie. And I'll have to deal with Vin Diesel. Right on, right on. No Tyrese. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I don't know what the next big thing is. Um, like Joker, maybe? Uh, I say no. It's Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Two hours and two minutes is the official runtime. Joker will be rated R. I don't know what to expect from that movie. So, But I think that's the next big, big release. I don't really know what what's going on. Really. <laughs> there is no MCU movie the rest of the year, right? No, no, you're forgetting it. Chapter two, it chapter two is coming up. You know? I'm gonna forget, yeah, because we talked about it last week, you know. So it, we we got to talk about that before the show. You know, Sean Hobbs, it chapter two. Uh, then you got Joker, and then you've got the November December run of Frozen two and nope. uh, Star Wars nine and yes. all of those. You will go. Don't bullshit me. You will go watch Star Wars episode nine. Don't act like you won't. I know that people will say that just like they say, Oh, you did. You say you don't like these, these MCU movies that are coming up, but I bet you go see them. No, man, I got no problem. Not pay. I will watch them, but I got no problem. Not paying to go watch them. I didn't pay to go see Ant-Man. I did not. All reason I saw catch Marvel's because a friend had free tickets and wanted someone to go with them. That's the only reason. I you have a friend, maybe Juwan, who knows who's going to say, Hey Mike, I got this, this pass to see an early screening of star Wars episode nine. Don't act like you won't take it for free. I will go. I bet I am not going to, I'm done complaining about stuff and supporting it. I'm not going to do that anymore. So if I feel like you have betrayed me as a fan, star Lucasfilm has spent the last year and a half telling me that I am a toxic person because I did not like your movie. Yeah. Why am I going to reward them by giving them my money? So yeah, as of right now, no, who knows? We might get some trailer where I get just like a huge Star Wars Woody and I have to go see it, but I doubt it. I doubt it. Pass. Pass on Frozen. I'm. Uh, you have kids. You'll see Frozen too, don't no, you? No, I have boys. Boys didn't really care about Frozen. At least mine didn't. I don't know. I don't want to assume for anybody else there. What else comes out in November, December? Come on. Hit me with something. There's something, there's something else that came out. I can't remember. 
Well, I, mean, I guess I'll have to refer back to our, 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 our preview show for the year, but yeah, we're just kind of rambling now. Like we always do at the end of one of these episodes. So um, what I was trying to say is, I don't know. This seems like this would be a big deep breath after the big event. So I don't know, you know, what our schedule will be going forward. We've said that we're not going to force these episodes. If there's nothing to talk about, I mean, we can always find something to talk about, but I also think we should take an opportunity to do something like, Hey, you two, you're doing a, a draft of your favorite actors right now. You're doing a draft of your favorite directors, something like that. You know, your top five. That'd be a great conversation to have, I think, because I think that our opinions would be very, very different on some of those, especially directors, because you like this bad directors, director. good directors. Oh, I will say, because this is the rambling part, I wasn't going to, I had a meeting at work today. I wasn't going to go. And someone's like, well, here's the website. Why don't you check it out and see if you're interested in it? And it's the company that, like, I guess they represent Baby Driver uh, for, it, like, marketing opportunities. And as soon as I saw Baby Driver, I, I shit you not, I'm like, shit, I'm there. I don't even have to think in twice about this. And I got to see, like, I essentially got to watch clips of Baby Driver. It's, it's one of the best, best moments. Like I said, we, our opinions would vary greatly on these guys. <laughs> so, you know, we always talk about loss. Like, we're going to do a retrospective of that, and I don't think we have to back. I just feel like that would require a rewatch. I don't have room for that in my life, right? I don't watch enough of the new shows, much less going back and watch the seven, sorry, six seasons of Lost, which would turn out to be five seasons of Lost because I wouldn't want to watch that last season. And I'd probably, just- probably want to skim some of two and three also. I, I see. I was about to say I wouldn't watch season three. I would just go straight from two to four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I like good stuff. Uh, please subscribe, and we'll talk at you guys next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Just wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or YouTube, or all of them. Also, be sure to check out our affiliate, Geek Vibes Nation, at gvnation.com where you can find some of the other features on the channel, like Mike's book reviews, the Geeks Against the Grain podcast, and lots of thoughts and opinions about geek pop culture. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.